And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. This morning, our text is taken from Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3. And the Lord laid it on my heart to simply entitle this particular installment on our series, That Have I Given Unto You. Amen? That have I given unto you. It is taken from verse 3, as I said, of Joshua chapter 1. And I'll read verse 3. Verse 3, this is the Lord speaking to Joshua, telling him, I haven't forgotten the plans that I have for you. Amen? I haven't forgotten. I got your forefathers, I got you, and I got your descendants. He said, every place... That the soul, S-O-L-E, not S-O-U-L. <laughs> Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. That's where the title of our sermon came from this morning. That have I given unto you. Whatever your that is, God would have you know this morning. Wherever the sole of your foot tread upon, you got to tread upon it. The Bible says, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses. So God is reiterating to, his, to the new leader, Joshua, of his intentions. Amen? How many of you would agree that God does have plans for us this morning? Good plans towards us. The Bible says it's to... Give us an expected end. Amen. It's to give us great expectation. Great hope. That God is well able to do that for us. This morning I want you to say together. Instead of saying that have I given to you. I want you to say and we'll say it together after three. But this is what I want you to say. That has the Lord given unto me. Or that which. Let's. That which the Lord has given unto me. Whatever your that is this morning. Those of you who, who have you in. You may have a that. I'm not sure what your that is. But you know what your that is. I want you to say collectively. After three. That which the Lord hath given unto me. After two. After three. Two. Three. That which the Lord hath given unto me. Say it one more time. That which the Lord hath given unto me. One for the Holy Ghost. That which the Lord hath given unto me. Isn't that a blessing? There is a requirement though. The Bible says you got to, the sole of your foot has to tread upon that which the Lord hath given unto us. Amen? You know, there's a story I read about, came to my mind. It's the story about a man who was arrested in a futile, in a futile attempt to rob a convenience store. The amazing part of the story is that the gun he used was actually a Civil War era pistol worth $23,000. He had robbed the store for $125. When all the time, right in his hands, he had held a treasure worth $23,000. You know, and I could not help thinking about me. It's like us sometimes. We strive for peanuts when the Lord has grips 
for us the size of bowling balls. How many of you feel like that sometimes? God is a God of abundance. He always promises more than you and I can take. It reminds me of a verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. It says God is able to make all grace abound towards us. So that we have in all sufficiency. In all. You see the word all. He's just a God of abundance. He will blow your mind. He's able to make all grace abounds towards you. So that you have in all sufficiency may do what may abound to all good works in the kingdom of God a little dab won't do you <laughs> God does not believe in a little dab will do you oh no he's a God of abundance how many of you love this God this is the God we are tracking with you cannot follow God with a small mind <laughs> oh glory be to Jesus if that's you have to check the Bible calls it renewing the mind you got to work let me not say we've got to work on ourselves if we got to go where God wants us to go how many of you are interested in going where God wants you to go I told you I told you I shared with you my heart's desire and that is for God to never see me coming <laughs> he may have a hundred percent for me to do but I want to do a thousand percent you get what I'm saying I, because I am beginning to understand that I got to change some things I got to change my mind because we serve a wonderful God a big God how are you going to track thinking the way you're thinking now with a God who spoke the universe into existence we got to change some things since amen we've got to change some things praise the Lord and so you know uh, the Lord says to us and to them, I've already given you the land. It is already, it's already a done deal. A success is waiting for you, is waiting for us. Amen. Because God hath said, praise the Lord. Amen. It's just a matter of how much of it we want. God will not take you and I further than we choose. Even if God hath a will for us, we have what is called a, a will. We can choose to go where God tells us to go or not. We can choose to accomplish what God has in store for us or not. We have a choice. God said, I'll take you as far as you want to go. As far as you want to go, I'll take you. I'm not dragging you, God. You know, I read the Old Testament and I just get the impression from reading through the Bible a couple of times, God is just tired of taking people by the hands and dragging them to things that benefit them. Let me say that again. <laughs> God is just, just got tired of taking people by the hand and dragging them to good stuff and they do not want to go. You see how we behave in the wilderness? They doubted God. Amen. They said God brought us out there to kill us. You were slaves in Egypt. That I have given unto you. God didn't say I will give you the land upon which you tread. He said I have given it to you. The same is true for us today saints concerning the things of God. Whenever you choose to step out. That's, that, that's the key here. Whenever you choose to step out. Whenever you choose. Because not everybody has chosen to step out. Just whenever you choose to step out. And engage your soul. S-O-L-E. That land is already yours. 
Whatever it is. But you got to engage your soul. Because in the kingdom of God, sitting, there is no room to sit. Sitting is not the posture one has to take in the kingdom of God when it comes to conquering. Because we have a devil out there. Let me, let, let me bring it closer home. We have ourselves out there <laughs> to fight. <laughs> Amen. Last week we spoke about the enemies. We have uh, the flesh, the devil, and the world. And we said our enemies is uh, procrastination. That's one of our fight. Another enemy we have to fight is slothfulness. That's one of our fight. The other enemy we have to fight is lukewarmness. That's one of our, are you getting me? No, that's why I said if you get yourself together, the world and the devil is no big deal. It's the enemy in a me we have to deal with. And that was the problem with the sins who left Egypt. It was the enemy in them. And the truth be told, honestly, sometimes we cannot be too hard on them. After being in Egyptian bondage for 400 years, never read a book, gave up on God. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? To move from that place, three million people, to the promised land. I understand why God was so patient. Sometimes we say things like they are so doubtful and they are so ungrateful. But brothers and sisters, when you have three million people, all they've seen and experienced is slavery. It's difficult to change the mind. So that's why sometimes you cannot be too hard on them. Amen? Because even we sometimes, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 8, we have a better covenant based on better promises, but it would appear that they under the old covenant did more than us. So that's why we have to be a little careful. Amen? I always say I can't throw stones because I live in a glass house. I can't throw stones. Amen? But, 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 but brothers and sisters, my point is we got to, we got to step out. Amen? Let me ask you, where do you want to plant your feet today and say, I believe God for this? You think about it. Where do you want to plant your feet and say, today is the day I'm going to believe God. I'm tired. I'm fed up. I've been fighting this enemy long enough. Today I'm going to engage the sole of my foot. I'm going to put my foot in it because God said it is mine. Amen. Last week I showed you the dimensions of the promised land. God had given them, as we said, 30,000 square miles. 30,000 square miles. They occupied how much? 3,000. God told them, I have given you 30,000 square miles. They occupied 3,000. 10% of what God told them, I've given you the occupied. You know, it, this is similar to if somebody said, I've given you a house. You got to go in the house and occupy it. You don't stand at the door and say, ooh. You, that's a wonderful house. Then you run over to the left window. You peer in, ooh. That's a wonderful house. You run at the back and you peer in, amen. And there is a beautiful deck and you, ooh. No, you need to go in and do what? That's what you need to do. And that's what I'm trying to say, brothers and sisters. It, it has been given. And how do you occupy it? You have to. Yes, sir. You got to step in. 
and occupy the house. That's why I think oh, the, the, the verse escaped me. But it says, Jesus said, occupy until I come. God wants us to do what? Occupy. To occupy is to go in and take over. You got to own that stuff. You got to call the shots. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Now, this is what I want to share with you quickly. You know, last week we speak about, we spoke about, we have to become the right person hmm, to step into uh, the promised land. So part of experiencing the promised land, crossing over Jordan, is we have to become the right people. You cannot be the same person you left Egypt you cannot be that same person to win the promised land. The promised land has giants. You got to develop some strength. You got to develop some muscles. Amen. You got to fight. So you have to become a different person. There's got to be an evolution. There's got to be a change. You got to move. We got to move from a crawling caterpillar to a, a soaring butterfly. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. You, you, you got to be able to fly and say, can't touch this. Yeah. Oh, bless God. And I'm talking that metaphorically, but I'm talking about renewing the mind. You Haven't you seen somebody you knew one way 10 years ago? When you meet them, you said, this is a different person. That's not me. What happened is the person, they lose themselves to get themselves. So you need to do what? Lose yourself to what? Get yourself. It is called metamorphosis. Amen. That's the process we all Christians must go through. And brothers and sisters, the wonderful things about metamorphosis is it's a process that takes place inside. It has nothing to do with outside. Are you with me? The caterpillar goes inside. It doesn't go outside for development. It's like developing pictures in the dark. Pictures that develop where? In the dark. Nobody sees it. It's dark. But give it some time. It's going to be beautiful. He makes all things beautiful in his, in his time. Amen. So. In a, another aspect of crossing over Jordan into the promised land is this. I told you one aspect is becoming the right person. But this is the part I don't want you to miss. Jordan is a kind Crossing over Jordan into the promised land is a kind of learning, listen, to step into the spirit-filled, promised, dependent, and word-guided life. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. That is what the promised land is about. It is. Let me reiterate what I said. In addition to becoming the right person, it is stepping into the spirit-filled Promised dependent. You got to be dependent on God's promises. Word guided walk with the Lord. That is what it is for us. The Bible talks about the prom in, in, in Ephesians chapter. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. God gave them an inheritance. Let's look at our inheritance. Amen. So they had land physically for the inheritance. Listen to what the Bible tells us our inheritance are. That's why I said it is the spirit field promise dependent word guided life 
Paul is saying, in, in whom is in Jesus, you are, you also trusted. How many of you trusted in Jesus? Amen. After you trusted that you, that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also after you what? Anybody believed before they got saved? Yes, you were sealed after that happened. The Bible says you what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of what? Promise land. Promise Holy Spirit. That's why he said, it is the spirit-filled life. The promised land for us, brothers and sisters, is not necessarily a place. It is not necessarily a thing. It's not necessarily a person. It is walking in the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. That is, that is where you get the power to get rest. And when I say rest, this is what I mean. When you are Holy Ghost filled, as they say, what about ties? And you, you know what I'm talking about. These old folks had a song singing. What, what, what was it again? I found a new life. I found a new life. If anybody asks you, what's the matter with you, my friend? Tell them that you're saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. What about ties? Jesus on my side, I found a new life. Well, some of you are too young. <laughs> some of you are too. <laughs> some of us grew up with all some old sins. And I remember, I found a new life. I found a new life. If anyone asks you, What's the matter with you, my friend? Tell them that you are saved. You see, you see, if you knew it, you would have joined me. You see, some of you are too young for those kind of things. <laughs> yeah, many of you are just YouTubers, amen? <laughs> oh yeah, you can Google it on YouTube, yeah. <laughs> I found a new life. That's what I'm talking about. That Because when you begin to live in that realm, the devil cannot harass you. That's when you get rest. You can speak a word on the authority of Jesus Christ and see it come to pass. Are you getting what I'm saying? Says That's what I'm talking about. This is the kind of life, bless God, this is the kind of life where, where you'll sink every ship, the demon, the devil sent full of demons trying to birth in your harbor. Every ship full of demons coming, you'll sink it in a heartbeat. That's when you get rest. That's when you can say not to the devil. So that's why I said... For us, the promised land, the crossing over Jordan into the promised land, is what? Is walking, stepping into what I said? The spirit-filled, promise-dependent, word-guided life. Where we are sealed, what? With the Holy Spirit of promise, comma is going to explain, comma verse 14. Uh-huh. Which is what? The earnest of our what? The Holy Spirit is a down payment. Of our inheritance. Now if the Holy Spirit. Is the down payment. Of our inheritance. Can you imagine what inheritance is going to be? Think about it. God gave you the Holy Ghost. The spirit of might. Spirit of power. The anointing. The same one. Who strengthened. And empowered Samson. To pick up a gate. A city gate. Weighing over 2,000 tons. That is your down payment? Ella saying, sometimes, I don't know if it's me, sometimes I think I don't know what I have. So, sometimes I just think, I don't know what I have. I, sometimes I think I don't know the power 
that God has given us. Sometimes, sometimes. Because I allow so many things to distract me sometimes. And then I got to bring myself back together and say, hold on, hold on now. What Samson had can't touch what I have. You, just, you know, you got to bring yourself. That's why David said, sometimes you got to do what? Encourage yourself. Sometimes you got to what? Encourage. You got to remind yourself of what you have. Because sometimes the pressure can be so tough. And the dots are coming from every direction. And sometimes you get distracted. Say the wrong things. That's why I thank God for repentance. Sometimes you got to go back and say, Father, Father, can you please forgive me? I said a few things. Because on that route, that lifestyle, you got to learn to talk right. <laughs> That's one of the things you got to learn to do. You got to learn to talk right. One of the things you got to do is learn to believe God. You got to learn to believe God. Like, like, like Abraham. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 that Abraham believed that if God had, Abraham believed that God would raise Isaac from the very ashes from which he was burnt. No, that's belief. To believe that God would tell you sacrifice your son and he would burn down to ashes and you believe God would raise him up from the ashes. You think that does? So Ephesians tells us here, listen, it says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until what? The redemption of the purchased possession. The redemption of the purchased possession is our bodies. You mean our bodies? One day we have been purchased. The redemption is coming. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, unto the praise. Only one thing you can give glory for God has, for what God has done. Sorry, only one thing you can praise for what God has done. And it is his what? His glory. Glory is the visible manifestation of the presence of God. Only one. Only one thing you can give God praise. Since you get what I'm saying? Nobody deserves it. Nobody can do it. It's only because of God. And so Father, I praise you. And I thank you for what you've done. Amen. We each, each of us this morning have to decide where we're going to be. Each of us today, I'm asking you to decide. Are you going to be in Numbers chapter 14 or are you going to be in Ephesians chapter 1? You say, what is Numbers 14 about? Numbers 14, I'm asking you since, as on our way to the promised land, you got to ask yourself, where am I going to, where am I today? I have asked myself that on numerous occasions. Where am I today? Am I in Numbers 14? Numbers 14 was where, <laughs> Numbers 14 was where the Israelites responded to when, the, the, the 12 spies came back. Verse Numbers 14 tells us in verse 2. Verse 2 says. Let me reiterate what I said. Today you got to decide where you are. Are you in Numbers 14? Or are you in Ephesians chapter 1? Numbers chapter 14 verse 2. And all the children of Israel murmured. Against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation. Say the whole congregation. The whole congregation said unto them. Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in the wilderness? <laughs> uh, you see the mindset? Some of us, some of us are right there. That's why I'm asking you got to decide. Because you got, we got to change some things if you decide. You know, I, I, I said three Sundays back that that God has told many of us, God which laid on my heart to share with you that in the next six months, we could accomplish more 
than we've ever accomplished in the last two years. But you have to believe it. And if you believe it, then you'll take action. The Holy Spirit is not coming to shake you and wake you. This is what I found out about the Holy Spirit. The teacher shows up when the student is ready. Yeah. The, I, I never feel like I'm going to study God's word. I, never. I never feel like I'm going to praise the Lord. Never. But when I start, he places wind beneath my wings and I say, oh, oh the teacher is here. I didn't sit down and say, well, where is the teacher? Where is the teacher? Where is the teacher? I'm asking you today. You got to make up your mind. Where are you? Are you in Numbers 14? Or are you in Ephesians chapter 1? They said, oh, would God, we had died in the wilderness. Can you go to verse 3? And wherefore have the Lord, notice what, do you, do you see what, what they use in the Lord? When you say the Lord, is the Lord capitalized in your Bible? Do you know, what, do you know why it's capitalized? It means the Lord of hosts. That word Lord here means Yahweh, the one who owns all the armies, the armies of the angels, the armies of the stars, all the animals. They're saying that to the one who spoke all the armies into existence. Guess what? We're doing the same thing. <laughs> Anyhow. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto the land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey. Think, think, that's what they're saying. You think God would do that? Oh, but when your head gets full of the enemy, Tardics. When the enemy tardics, when it when it gets into your head, you begin you begin you start saying things like, "In comparison to them, we are like grasshoppers." Then you start saying, "The earth opens up and swallows its people." They said, "This is a land of whom the, this is a land which swallow it swallow its in its inhabitants." They are saying the earth has a, a big old mouth and it just swallows up everybody. Just. You see what fear? <laughs> How is it? Never did the Bible say that. They came back saying the grapes are as huge. It took, it took two men to carry a bunch of grapes. Two men to carry. One man cannot carry one grape. The grapes, the grapes are huge as bowling balls. It took two men to carry one branch. But still the land swalloweth its inhabitants. Never God said that. But fear will do that. We say something different. But we're still there. You know. They continue. Verse 4. And they said one to another. Let us make a captain. And let us greet and wear. So let's, let's go back. Let's go back home. We, we're not going. Yeah, let's let us forget Moses, forget what God put in place for us. Let us select as a captain and let's go home. Let's go back to slavery. Let us go so Pharaoh can continue whipping our butts. For us is let us go back to the world so the devil can continue to burden us. And for us, that's what we're doing. Let us no, no all that commitment. No, 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 no. <laughs> ah. And brothers and sisters, there was no pressure physically on them. It was all emotional. 
It was all emotional. That is why God said to them, I, you know, I've heard, I, I've read some commentators who said they were standing on the brink of Jordan and they were ready. Ah, we can't wait to go in. And I said, hold on now. If they were, why would God tells us of, tell us of their emotional state? God said, be strong and be what? You don't tell people who are ready to run over the land that. You tell people that who are discouraged and people who are dismayed, you want to build them up. They were not on the brink saying, it's ready, let's ready. No. No, no. These people were discouraged and disappointed. Mm? And God had to encourage them. And God told them, be strong. Be strong. It reminds me of uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. It says, be strong in the Lord. <laughs> Ooh, don't you forget this don't you forget this you don't, you don't, don't forget this you got to add to this be strong in the Lord and in the what power of his what yeah so when you say be strong in the, in the, in the Old Testament don't forget to it's being strong in the Lord being strong in faith not you coming up with your strength and <laughs> you and your faith no 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 it's my faith. I've built it over these years. and You don't have anything God has not given to you. God had to tell the people, be strong in the Lord. Because you're going to see some things you haven't seen. Amen. You're going to see men, warriors, who've been trained for all, all their lives. But that's no problem because I've sent an angel ahead of you. It's going to be, amen, it's going to be alright. So brothers and sisters, I'm asking you. I'm asking you, where are you? Are you at Numbers 14? Saying it's too hard, let's go back. Or are you at Ephesians chapter 1? Saying God has given me a down payment of that promise and I'm moving forward. You have to decide today where you are. And then we'll take action. Are you with me? Glory be to God. This is what the Bible says. You, you know, I, I was studying, I won't be long, I promise you. Give me about 15 minutes. I was studying this. Elder Brenda this week and the Lord said to me son who are the Israelites who, who are they who, who are those Israelites who were standing on the brink of Jordan on the east side before they get into the wilderness who are these people because when the Bible talk about the Israelites we have to be very careful there were those who left Egypt amen they left Egypt on the way to the wilderness on the way to the promised land, while they were on their way to the promised land, they had kids. <laughs> Ooh, they had kids. And those who left Egypt on their way, God said, I vowed in my wrath that they will never enter the promised land. <laughs> well, I'll show you. I'll show you. Let's read it. Uh, uh, let's read it. Amen. Let's read it. So, so who are they? I've been, uh, who, who are these people? The Israelites who were standing on the eastern side of Jordan, on the east, those who were with Joshua, those who, uh, you remember those who were with Joshua, those God is addressing in Joshua chapter 1. These are not the ones who left Egypt. I'm, I'm about to make a point here because it is very important you understand what's going on here. These are not the ones who saw the Red Sea parted. 
These are, are you getting me sense? These are not the ones who saw the water at, at Marathon bitter to sweet. Uh, <laughs> glory be to Jesus. Uh, these are not the ones who saw the miracles. God was depending on their parents to teach them and tell them of his miracles, signs, and wonders. So when they did reach out the promised land, they would be well taught and well trained and be ready to take over the promised land. Oh God, I give you praise. Uh, yeah. so, so, so those who left Egypt during the Exodus, this is what God said about them. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. You got it? Because we need to understand who's standing on the brink of Jordan. And why they are where they are. Why are they to be told, be strong, be courageous? You got it? It reads, verse 6. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness. Till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were what? consumed they obeyed not that's the reason why they're consumed they obeyed not the voice of the lord unto whom the lord swear that he would not show them that land <laughs> it continues which the lord sorry which the he said it again twice which the Lord swear unto their fathers that he would give us a land that what? Floweth through milk and honey. Verse 7. And their children whom he raised up in their stead. Them Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. So these are the kids who were born in the wilderness on the way to the promised land. Those are the ones standing now on the brink of Jordan. Their parents died in the wilderness because of unbelief. Their parents still stayed in Numbers chapter 14. That's what I'm asking you today. You got to make a, you got to, where are you? Are you still at Numbers 14 or are you at Ephesians chapter 1? Because God swore in his wrath that those who doubted him, those who second guess him, those who spoke against him, those who persist in unbelief, they will never enter his rest. Where are you since? Where are we now? Psalms 95 verse 7 to 11. Listen to what the Holy Spirit wrote, David. Move. Listen to what the Holy Spirit influenced David to write about them. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep. Psalms 95, verse 7. You got it? Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. There it comes. As in the provocation, these people provoke God. And as they did. In the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers did what did they do? Tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Here it comes. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is the people that do err in their heart. Where, where, where is the problem? In their heart. In their heart. 
This is what was going on. These people were moving in one direction, but their hearts were facing the other direction. Their, their bodies heading north. Their hearts heading south. It's called unbelief. Anybody can talk a good game. <laughs> uh, but God is looking at the heart. That's what the Bible says, I think, in Second uh, Samuel 16 verse 7. It says, it says, God looks on the... It's a man look at the outward appearance. But God looks on the... Second Samuel chapter 16 verse 7. That's what it says. You got it? I think that's where it is. Yeah. Where does God look? <laughs> God doesn't look at your mouth. No, no. Except if what's coming from your mouth correlates with your heart. But he's looking at the heart. He's looking at intentions. Second Samuel chapter 16. Sorry. 16 I think is verse 7 of First Samuel. But First Samuel 16, 7. Sorry. One day I'm going to get all of them right. I promise. That's my goal. To memorize the entire Bible. I'm getting there though. You got it? For man looketh part B. Look at it right here. For man. Where, where, does, where does human being look? On the outward appearance. But the Lord looketh on the. That's where he looks. Right here. Right now. He's passing around. Looking at the heart. Looking at our heart. Looking at our heart. That's what he does. That's what we are told in Revelation chapter 1. He is between the candlesticks. Inspecting. Amen. Can you go back to Psalms 95. Verse 8. Verse 8 reads. When your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my work. Verse 10, sorry, verse 10. For 40 years long I was grieved in this, with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Unto them, here it is again, I swear in my wrath. God said I was mad with them and I made a promise when I was mad with them that they should not enter my rest. They are not going to see what I promised their fathers. They are going to die in the wilderness. Their carcasses are going to stay in the wilderness because they were not, they did not believe. They walked in unbelief. I think there is a, there is a verse that says that, oh God, I thank you. It aptly describes how God felt about them. It says, Father, we thank you. Uh huh. It's coming up from the database. Psalm 71. I think it's around there. Psalm 71. It says in Psalm 71 that they. Oh, Father, we thank you. It's an important verse because sometimes we do that, we don't realize that. Psalm 71, I think, look at verse 60, something. Uh, oh, They tempted God and they turned back. What it says? Father, we thank you. I didn't have that one, but I need you to see that because these are things. Yeah, what, what happened? Psalm 78, 41, what it says? No, not that one. I think it's. No, Psalm, it's Psalm 71, 71, what it says? Well, maybe not. 
Okay, that's all right. Uh, we'll get it. Sorry about that. That's it. That's it. 7841. Yes, they turned back. Thank you so much. They turned back and what? Tempted God. Here it comes. And limited the Holy One of Israel. They turned back. Their bodies are moving forward. Their hearts turned back. And what did they do? What did they do? Oh, somebody said, God can do anything, anywhere, anytime. Look right here. They limited God. Unbelief limits God. He cannot work in somebody's life. If they don't believe. I, it's right here. They limited the Holy One of Israel. And some people say, well, God is omnipotent. Yes, he is. Are you with me? He's omniscient. Yes, he is. But to the extent he works in your life, you got to believe else he'll be limited. It's right here. How many of you believe that God is omniscient? God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. How many of you believe that he is, there is a word the NIV uses. There is a, he's a, the NIV uses that word a lot. Yeah, yeah, it means that he's in charge. He's sovereign. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. The NIV has a twist. They use sovereign. The sovereignty of God. God is sovereign to the extent he works in your life. You and I can limit God with our unbelief. Tell the world that's what the Bible says right here. For God is sovereign. Just leave it up to him. He'll wrap it up very good in the end. No, 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 no. He's given and you can limit him with your unbelief. Psalm 78 41. Thank you so much. You need to know that. Brothers and sisters. Amen. We need to know that. We can limit God. Don't sit down there waiting on God. God is waiting on you and I. Who's God waiting for? For us. He's waiting for us to step. Put the soul of our feet. So we can do what? Yes sir. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. So the kids who are standing on the brink of Jordan have seen their parents doubted and heard their parents speak doubtful words for 40 years. And God said, because they would believe me, I swear. They wouldn't, I swear in my wrath. They would never cross over into the wilderness. And here is the point. And I'm going to give that point and I'm done. Here is the point. Their kids now have to fight the battles they did not fight. <laughs> Woo, that's the point. When God placed that in my spirit and said, do you know who's standing on the brink of Jordan? I said, hey, I haven't studied that. And I always thought it was the people who left Egypt who were in the Exodus. No, they all died in the wilderness. Only Caleb and Joshua went into the promised land. These people doubted God. They fought God. And God said they are going to cons be consumed in the wilderness. They had kids on the way. And the kids heard their parents doubting God and fighting God. And now they are on the brink of Jordan afraid because they do not know God. They didn't see the Red Sea part. A lot of the miracles they didn't see because their parents did not teach them. And now the kids have to fight the battles the parent had to fight. Let me tell you, we cannot risk doing that to our kids.
That's what I came here to tell you this morning. We cannot risk letting our kids fight the battles that we are supposed to fight. We got to believe God now. We are supposed to help them get rest. These parents had to fight for their kids. Their kids had no rest. Because they fail God. We cannot go down that same dangerous path. Brothers and sisters. Uh, Generation Z. Those who are born from 2000 to now. They have no spiritual background. <laughs> and I'm afraid. Because the Bible says. If the foundations be removed. What's going to happen? Everything is going to crumble. Um, who are we passing on the baton to? Their parents did not pass on the baton to them. And now they're there. They're, are we going to the promise? Is it going to happen? No, they should be stepping bold up to the line and say, Daddy did it. Mommy did it. And because of that, I'm going to benefit. Oh, I believe in the God of my father. I believe in the God of my mother. But now they have to fight their own battles because their parents fail them. And we cannot. I'm sorry to get so passionate about it. But I was studying this and the tears came from my eyes. I repented. Because I cannot let Emmanuel fight the battles. God has designed for me to fight so he can get rest. And I'm asking you. You cannot not fight the battles. And let your daughter not get rest. Are you getting me Miss Moss? You cannot risk not fighting the battles so your boys can get rest. Are you with me? Are you with me? Don't worry. A husband is on the way. <laughs> you better learn to fight now. <laughs> Glory be to God. Because when you have a life planted in your life, you need to be able to fight. You have a whole nother life planted in your life. Glory be to God. Are you with me? Ah, uh, bless God. Your kids also. You cannot not fight. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, where are you? Are you in Numbers 14? Or are you in Ephesians chapter 1? You need to ask yourself. Run! You cannot not fight. You got to fight for those babies. So when they come up, they can say, I saw daddy fight. I know how to stand on my knees before God and change the situation. Why? I saw daddy did it. Glory be to God. Are you with me? So now I'm confident in their God. They got to be able to stand on our shoulders. And I'm begging you this morning. I'm saying, no wonder God put that on my heart. I've read this text over. I'm very familiar with the text. But ask me who are standing there. And finally, look at, look, I'm going to end this with this right here. The kids who are at Jordan, about to cross over, they had kids. Hear what the Bible said about their kids. This is frightening. Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2 and I'm done. How many times I say I'm almost done? I know, I know. You know, I thank you. You have, you have nuggets of, forgive, of forgiveness in your pocket. I appreciate you for that. Judges chapter 2 verse 10 to 13. <laughs> Hear what the Bible says about these kids who were with Joshua. About to get into. They had kids. 
You got it? Judges chapter 2 verse 10. It reads, and also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. Those who left the exodus and those who came into the promised land. All that first generation died. And there arose another generation after them which what? Knew not the Lord. So you cannot give what you don't have. The parents in the wilderness didn't give them anything. They, had, they didn't pass on a spiritual legacy to them. They cannot pass on the spiritual legacy either. The Bible said their kids, look right here. Do not know the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. They did not ever teach their kids. Verse 11, and the children of Israel, as a result, this is, you see the Bible using the same word, the children of Israel? That is why you have to know which generation he's talking about. I hadn't seen that until God showed that to me. It says here, and the children of Israel did what? Evil in the sight of the Lord. And served what? Baalim. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. Verse 13. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtoreth. If we fail to fight for them and don't pass on the spiritual legacy, this is exactly what they're going to do. They're going to grow up not knowing the Lord. God forbid. And they're going to serve the devil on every corner. Since let's fight. That's what I'm asking you. Let's fight. Let's move over into that land. Do you know what it is? I, I know. I have seen a small portion of it. A small portion. I'm the way I am because I saw my mother lived a Christian life that I always envied. 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 Just envied. She didn't have much. We came from humble and poor beginnings. But when she prayed, no food in the house. No food in the morning. No food. She prayed by noon. The cupboards are filled. And I was wondering what's, what's, what's going on? What's going on? It's just, I remembered we lived, I remembered we, 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 we lived seven miles from the church. We were going to church. It was raining. And for some reason, we are going to church. She has three of us. And we are going through, where we are going through on the road, it is, it is, there is no wind. You stretch your hands, wind. <laughs> You put, uh, it's amazing. So we're walking with her and she's, we went to church, found out. It was a tropical storm. Walking to church in a tropical storm. It's not windy in our path, but you open your hands, wind. <laughs> and so somebody said to her, mommy, somebody said to her, they said, don't you, aren't you afraid? You bring these kids to church at night and you walk back. Aren't you afraid of men who may catch you and rape your kids? She said, I heard her said to the men, if any man is on the road to harm me, God will bring the desire for him to go relieve himself. When we pass, he'll come back. <laughs> she said, if he is on the road to hurt us, God will put the desire for him to go use the bathroom. That's what she's saying. Some of you looking at me like, what is relieve himself? And when he goes to use the bathroom, she says, my family will pass safely. Then he'll come back. 
And I'm saying, how do you, how do you get there? <laughs> Father, we thank you for your word. We give you praise. <laughs> we give you glory. We give you honor. God, we got a generation that's coming up, Lord. We got a generation that's coming up, Lord. We need to pass, on the, to pass the baton to we need to pass the baton to them. Oh God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Our lives should be shouting to our kids. Follow me as I follow Christ. Lord, help us live the life. And those of you who are saying you have no kids, you got spiritual kids. We got spiritual kids. The other kids looking at us. It doesn't have to be biological children. Are you with me? We got Paul had spiritual kids like Timothy and Titus. They are spiritual kids looking at you and I. And when they look, we, our lives should be shouting at them, follow me as I follow Christ. Be faithful as I'm faithful to Christ. Be disciplined as I'm disciplined to Christ. Oh, Father, we thank you. Help us, Lord. 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 Oh, we bless your name. We bless your name. We glorify your name. We magnify your name. We exalt and extol the Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We glorify your name. Since can you lift your hands? Just for, just for a minute with me. Just lift your hands and thank God and, and ask God. Father, open up our eyes. Open my eyes, Father. I, I need to be in Ephesians chapter 1. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. I need to be in Ephesians chapter 1. I need to walk in the promise of the Spirit. I need to walk in my inheritance. That power. That area. That's word guided. That, that word guided life, Father. Oh God, we bless your name. We magnify your name. God, we ask you to help us. Help us, Lord God. Help us live the life that we need to. Glory be to Jesus. A life of obedience. A life of commitment. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh God, we bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Lord, we magnify your name. God, we glorify your name. Lord, we repent. Oh God, forgive us, I pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Forgive us, Lord. Help us start over. In the name of Jesus. There is a world out there. Trying to take our kids. And so we ask you to help us father. In the name of Jesus. Help us be strategic. In the name of Jesus. Help us be deliberate. Help us be more focused I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh God we give you praise today. We give you glory. We give you honor. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. Help us not repeat history father. Help us not repeat history, Lord, I pray. Help us not limit you, Lord. Help us not limit you, Master. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Help us not turn back, turn back in our hearts and limit your work in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, Lord God. People are looking more than we think they are. Help us effectively represent you, Lord. Oh, God, we give you praise. Oh God, we give you glory. Oh God, we give you honor. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, we bless you today. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to Jesus. Oh, we bless your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're looking today, blessed be the name of the Lord. And you're saying, I, I need to get over to Ephesians 1. I'm still in Numbers chapter 14. Today is a good day to do that. Today is a good day in the name of Jesus Christ. If you pray that prayer with me. Hallelujah. The promise of the Spirit, which is our inheritance, will be yours. Pray this prayer with me so you can move from darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus. You say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for sending Jesus to take my place on the cross. Today, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. And I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your kingdom. If you pray this prayer, it just moved from darkness to his marvelous light. Send us some information. We'll pray with you. Send us an email at iogmtali at gmail.com. iogmtali at gmail.com. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.